Welcome, everyone. We're going to return to the public session. Uh, before we, we get started with everything, I want to remind you and actually kind of warn you. As most of you know, we are recorded at these meetings, but now if you look behind you and up above, you'll see that there's a camera. So you're now being video recorded also, and this will be streamed onto our YouTube channel. So you can watch it if you don't come to the meeting, or you can go back and, and watch the meetings later if you want to see this again. So just so you're all aware of that. So now we're at um, 6.1, announcement of items from the closed session. We do have a number of uh, hires to announce. I want to start with, I can find it, uh, Marriage and Family Therapist, Magdalena Orr. I understand you're here in the audience. Yeah, she is, Magdalena Orr. So, so Magdalena has been approved. She, her start date is January 17th, 2017th, and we're very happy to have her here. Uh, thank you very much. And the other hires, we have a uh, academic... Academic Administrator from the Criminal Justice Training Center Coordinator, Paul Bradshaw, with a start date of January 17th, 2017, and ending June 30th, 2017. And then another Academic Administrator, Criminal Justice Training Center Coordinator, Charlie Spruill. Spruill. Thank you. Uh, with start date of January 13th, 2017th, ending date June 30th, 2017th. And then a temporary full-time leave replacement, the business studies instructor, Claudette Shadow. With a start date of January 17th, 2017th, and end date of May 27th, 2017th. Temporary full-time leave replacement, Psychiatric Technician Instructor, Ida Logan, start date January 17, 2017, end date May 27, 2017. Temporary full-time leave replacement, Studio Art Instructor, Chelsea Gilmore, with a start date of January 17, 2017, and end date of May 27, 2017. A salary professional assistant chef culinary teacher, Ludwig Hassong, start date January 13, 2017. And another salary professional marriage and family therapist, which we just announced and is here with us, Magdalena Orr. I pulled you out of order, so I had to do you again. Extra special. And a classified instructional assistant for... Writing Success Center, Meredith Herndon, start date January 18th, 2017th, step placement range 20, step A, classified salary schedule. Another classified instructional assistant for Writing Success Center, Roger Wallace, start date January 18th, and I guess he never ends. No. And those are all our hires. Congratulations and thank you to all of you. And 6.2, Pledge of Allegiance. If you would all join me in the Pledge of Allegiance, and I'm going to ask our new trustee, 
Rosaura Segura to lead us in the pledge. Of the United States of America, and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, Well, that brings us to 6.3, adoption of the agenda. Anybody have any changes or anything to the agenda? If not, then the agenda is adopted, is presented. Brings us to item number 7. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time getting online to join the meeting. It's, sorry, but any tips? It's the first time I've had an issue. Oh, um, Thank you. Actually, I was our, offline. It looks like I'm back on. But our Wi-Fi system is currently under upgrade, so that might be part of the issue. Pardon me. It's not working at all. Come on. Where's he? Yes. We are. She's been on it before. Well, if we have to, we'll uh, have to take your votes by uh, verbally. So we're going to move on to item 7, the public comment. So at this time, we're going to devote a total of up to 15 minutes for comments to the board regarding any subject not appearing on the agenda tonight, and for which the, uh, this board has jurisdiction. The public may ask the board to place an item related to the business of the district on future board agendas, no action or discussion will occur at this time on such items. Individuals will be limited to five, a five-minute presentation. So we do have one speaker card for Tammy Blackseth. Good evening. Can you hear me? Okay, members of the board, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Tammy Blackseth, and I'm the author of a petition asking for there to be an ASL class offered in the spring of 17. This petition garnered 367 um, signatures. Now, let me take just a moment to clarify uh, so there's no confusion. There were three petitions. One, I believe, was asking for a deaf instructor for the higher levels of ASL, three, four, five. Etc. The other asking for a, a position, you know, personnel situation that was not mine either. Um, the third one, though, was for could we continue the classes instead of taking a break um, for spring of 17? And uh, that was mine. So I don't know. I'm new to this petition thing, and I don't know if you all got it. I sent it to you, but I don't know. <laughs> So if you didn't, 
that's okay because I will be taking it down now that there's going to be a class. And I do want to also thank um, Mr. Shear <laughs> for actually meeting with me and trying to get some ideas going on what we could do, a lab, a, you know, ASL, conversational, something, just so there wouldn't be that lag. So I'm not sure what happened, but maybe you had something to do that. So um, I do, let's see. Okay, so that's that. So a little over a week ago, I understand that a late announcement was made regarding the offering of an ASL 1 class, and I would like to thank the board for that. I did get up here two months ago asking you to consider that, and came about, so I do owe you a thank you. Um, I'd like to thank you for seeing the disconnect between suspending a class and working on the new class or restructuring it. One member, member emeritus uh, called it taking a break. I, I don't. I think you saw the wisdom in not doing that. However, this member also put interested parties into this con, into this controversy into camps, and I think that that's unhelpful and divisive. Um, community leaders should not be dividing folks, especially here. We want more students coming, not less. So although I am concerned that it was uh, added way too late for students to take advantage of it since it was, what, a week and a half ago, and people don't, some people don't even know to look at the website for it, so I, I didn't see anything in the paper. I didn't see any announcement. I don't know if you contacted the high schools who have a big contingency of students that need this class for visual learners. Um, so I, I'm hoping that it wasn't too late. Uh, I would like to ask you for one more thing. The President's report, dated 12-6-2016, reminds us that one of the goals of the renewal of the ASL offerings was for the expansion of the pool of qualified instructors. But somehow we lost one. Uh, we gained a great one. I really applaud your choice. Uh, but we lost a great one. So I'm not sure how that's expanding the pool. I understand there's only one class, so you only need one teacher. However, going forward, uh, I do believe that your next first hire for expanding the pool should be Ms. Loeb's, who has been doing this class for seven years with no problem. And if there is one now, I know this isn't the place for it, but I wish we'd all get together and talk about it and not, I, I've seen some wild things come over Facebook and all that. It's, we need to just face-to-face deal with this, I would hope. Um, it is curious that we have an ASL 1 class and we haven't offered it to the ASL 1 instructor, so just saying. Um, to that end, okay, yes, I would, I would like to suggest that, um, that, all, that, that we get more training as well as to cultures and as to the disabled world in general, not just deaf, but the entire disabled world. There's so much on this campus that is, that is way uh, behind the times. And it would be really good to take a fine-tooth comb through it. Um, okay, and I say this as someone who's familiar with that industry. I've had quite a bit of experience with ADA, ADAG, CBC, you name it. So, okay, well, thank you for your time. Good night. Thank you. Is there anybody else in the audience who would like to speak? Okay. Seeing no one, then the public comment is closed. We will move on to number eight, <coughs> constituent group reports. 
We do have one person who'd like to speak. We're just oh. a little delayed in the, in the reply. Is that still possible? Yes, it is. Of course. Hi, my name is Cindy. Cynthia. I'm here to just to clarify to the board and to the audience at large. Last month, with a little bit of the mix-up, now with uh, Corley, Carolee, sorry, interpreter error, just wanted to clarify, and I accept your apology. Now, I was one of the few deaf who were here last meeting, and we do have a right to have an interpreter, as we all spoke about, or Carolee and I. We had one little mishap, and I just wanted to hear with the new board. I wanted the new board to hear about this issue, but uh, the interpreter, this issue did not. Hold on for clarification, sorry. Uh, we're still speaking of the issue of uh, the scheduling of the interpreters in the time of last month, Carolee, but uh, again, this is, has been resolved and apologies accepted. But now, and with today, we're seeing the interpreters here with the start of the meeting. It's wonderful. And I, and I was able to stand and speak at any time and have that ability and that option. Now the interpreters are here, and I thank you. Thumbs up. Yeah. Any questions of me? No, thank you. All right. Have a good evening. Okay. Back to number eight, the constituent group reports, 8.1 Academic Senate. Amanda Badgett, whom I do not see present. She gave her apologies and had no report tonight. Thank you. 8.2, Administrative Confidential Senate Report. Ken. Good evening, Ken Arnold, President, Administrative Senate. Uh, we're uh, waiting, uh, you know, to have the semester start. Hopefully it'll be dry, <laughs> at least for me. That's what I'm hoping. Anyways, the uh, Senate's going to be coming back in. Uh, we're going to continue doing leadership training. What we're uh, doing this year is going to have uh, uh, one meeting will be a leadership-slash-management topic. Then we'll have a general meeting, and then we'll alternate that pattern throughout the course of the year. Also, on January 27th, Leadership Academy number four is starting. We have uh, 16 people, and hopefully I'll have uh, uh, a few more for, and uh, representatives from all the groups, and we're looking forward to that. And also, this year will be the year that we were really working on the grant and expanding that whole leadership program. I've been reaching out to uh, College of the Canyons, who has a program that's been in effect since 2008, I'll be going down to audit their program as well, and uh, we're beginning to go through the process of identifying folks, <clears throat> people to, who will come in as instructors and pick up that program from there. That's all I got. Thank you. 8.3, Associated Students. Gabriel. Hiding behind the monitor. Hi. Good evening, trustees. Um, today, ASNBC had a winter training uh, for members who didn't uh, – had the opportunity to to attend the summer training that we had uh, last year, and we received a couple of a uh, couple of specific trainings, like the safe space training uh, that uh, other faculty members and staff members receive. 
uh, parliamentary, parliamentary procedure training with Dave Mazzara, who has also offered uh, workshops, I believe, for the Board of Trustees. And uh, we also received an overview of DSPS uh, and the whole support program uh, from Rebecca Scott. Actually, I think she's still in here. Great presentation. And actually, uh, because of because of her presentation, I've actually been thinking of um, approaching all of the support programs on campus and having them talk to our board because uh, our students have a lot of connections that can then feed more people into those programs to you know help help students get to where they're going. Uh, on top of that, we'll be having another retreat taking place this Tuesday. And at that retreat, we'll be going over a lot of the projects that we'll be pursuing for the next uh, six months and uh, some of the other processes or behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, at least the administration of ASNVC. Um, we also have welcome back tables, which will be happening on Wednesday and Thursday. We've already secured coffee. Um, I think we're still waiting on the treats, right? Yeah, I think we're getting... We're still getting uh, the bread. Yeah, we're, I can't remember. What kind of bread? We're getting some sort of... Uh, it, it's a Filipino uh, bread. I don't know. I don't. Do you remember what it's called? Oh, it's, it's good. From what I hear, it's really good. So um, we're going to be. Ha we're hopefully we're going to have some of that. Uh, and then uh, we still have a couple of slots open uh, for both uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So if any of you would like to volunteer, uh, please let us know uh, as soon as possible because we do need a couple of spots um, to be filled. Otherwise, there's gaps, and you know we don't want to have the tables empty. And Ken was telling me earlier that the weather's going to be not that great. So. If you come out there, you, you, you're, you're a brave soul. Um, on top of that, we have uh, the intramural sports leagues. Uh, the Office of Student Life is running those. And what we're doing right now is we're recruiting teachers, staff, and students uh, to participate in table tennis and air hockey leagues. We have some equipment in the Student Activity Center that hasn't been used a lot. So, or, Sorry, I lied there. It hasn't been used, but we'd like it to be used more. Uh, so we've been running these these since last year, and they've been successful. We have prizes available for students. It's just a great way to get a little bit of morale. And we're also going, well, sorry, the Angel Tree a gift drive that's run in the library was also a great success. Uh, we actually had 90 students in the Child Care Center uh, receive gifts this year. And for that, I'd like to thank a lot of faculty, staff, and students here on campus who did uh, help out with that. I'm sure a couple of administrators helped out too. I'm just and then on top of that, or finally, sorry, the ASNVC Constitution is going through final review by the Office of Student Life at this point, and it's going to be going on the ballot probably within a month. So that's all we have planned. I don't, I'm sure we have more. just can't think of it right now. Thank you. Yeah. So now we go to 8.4 Classified Association Report, Jan Shart. Anything? No report. 8.5 Classified Senate Report, Tuila Huerta, President. Um, our group, good evening. Not a whole lot to report. Um, we did, I don't know if, Anyone saw the email that I sent out that uh, McCormick Hamilton is our employee of the month or classified professional for the month? Uh, the little blurb that was written about her, her nomination, um, was from Chris Farmer, and he stated, some people just make everything around them a little bit better. That is what McCormick does for the Napa Valley College. 
sure she is hardworking and dedicated and efficient, but above all that, she is upbeat, enthusiastic, and embraces every challenge with a smile. McCormick is active within the classified body, always finding time to go above and beyond to help, to help out her fellow coworkers. She makes people's days brighter with her smile and lifts spirits with her funky ways. We are truly lucky to have her as part of our community. Um, and we had a pretty good show of people uh, surprise her. Um, and then the other two things that our group discussed was the planning of our classified retreat. I believe we're having it April 11th. We've contacted James Thomas Bailey to um, be our guest speaker, do some workshops. He taught some of the workshops at the NBC Leadership Academy, so we were excited that he was available, um, and with the help of Ken. Um, we're also trying to coordinate uh, attending our annual Classified Leadership Institute that is held every June. Right now, we are having to look for resources to help fund both of these events since we are only allotted around $500 uh, from the district. Most of our events are put on from fundraising that we do, uh, but it's not enough, not nearly enough to cover these two things. Um, so we'd like to get as many classified, not just to attend the, the CLI, but to also be motivated and attend um, our classified retreat, and it would be nice to have that guest speaker there. And I believe that's it. Thank you. 8.6 Faculty Association Report, Christy Iwamoto. Hi, I'm Christy Iwamoto, and I am the Napa Valley College Faculty Association President. Uh, as you know, I'm kind of meeting and seeing some of you for the first time. I became Faculty Association President in November with the hiring of Diana Shibodi as CTE Dean and uh, could not make the meetings because I was teaching a class at the time, but uh, that's been resolved. So uh, I just wanted to thank Denise Roselli for coming and sitting in for me at the meetings that she did um, until the end of last semester, and I will be here with you all for the duration of this semester. And nice to meet you all. Thanks very much. Thank you. Number nine, Superintendent-President Report. Dr. Kraft. Thank you. We're, we'll move briskly tonight um, a little bit. I'm not sure about the, the foundation report. Do we have a care lead? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Gerardo would like to share that the board is meeting every other month now instead of quarterly uh, to address the many of the projects they're working on. And I was hoping to introduce Marie Bayerjohn, who is the new program coordinator for the foundation. Thank you. Welcome, Marie. Yes. I've seen you already, but, but here you are. So that's good. And we'll, and we'll have more. This is, I, just on behalf of, of the foundation, um, a great team. They really have great leadership. Um, Gerardo Martinez really stepped up after following Bill Hardy. They're still working hand in glove. Um, several great projects, in, including a capital campaign um, in viticulture, which they want to talk about. They want to still continue with the ASNVC in the student affair, help me, the student activity center. I have to get used to it. Student activity center and through that. And they've got several other program-specific 
um, fundraisers this year. So very excited about their, their um, progress. Um, the cabinet reports, I think let's, let's go, to, go to them and maybe, Oscar, if we can start with you. Yes, thank Welcome you. back from Mexico. Thank you much. It's, uh, it's nice to be back. Uh, I don't have much of substance to, uh, to share with you, but, uh, but I did want to wish you a very happy new, new year and hope that this year is, uh, is what you expect it to be. And also just once again, wanted just to re- reiterate how happy I am with, with our hiring of our new therapist. Uh, I think she's left already, but uh, uh, you met Miss Orr. Uh, she's she's going to be a great addition as a permanent staff member here to the college. And, um, and lastly, that's it. Uh, next time I'll give you something that's, that's, that's more informative, but uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Eric, are you prepped? Yeah, absolutely. Good evening, board. Um, so I've got a few things here for you tonight. I will try and keep it short. Um, so first off, I just want to give you a report on where we are right now with enrollment for the spring semester. We're looking really good. That's the great news. Um, we're right on track with where we should be for enrollment at this period of time, which is great, too, because um, uh, we actually are offering more courses this spring than we did last spring. And so even with that increase in the number of, total number of sections that we're offering here at the college, uh, enrollment's looking very, very healthy right now, so we're very pleased with where we're at on that right now. Um, additionally, so uh, the other thing that I want to address just briefly here, too, is ASL. So um, un- unfortunately, Ms. Blackseth left already, um, I, th- I think. But um, as she said, uh, we have uh, been able to put an ASL 120 class in the schedule for spring. Um, in the process of working with the faculty and the division chair in the Language Arts and Developmental Studies Division um, and in reaching out to other programs at nearby colleges, um, we were able to secure somebody who felt that they could provide their expertise for us on a limited basis uh, for this spring to come in and both teach a class but also to review our curriculum um, and to potentially make suggestions for changes to that curriculum. So we have been able to bring in um, a, a, a well-seasoned ASL instructor from a nearby program who is actually the coordinator for their American Sign Language program at their school. So we're really pleased that we were able to do that, and he felt that it would be possible to go ahead and offer the class while he's doing that review and revision process. And so one of the things that I wanted to take a moment to do is just to thank everybody who came to the meeting in November. I wasn't able to be here at the, at the December meeting, unfortunately, but I really appreciate the community reaching out and reaching out to the board, um, and I appreciate the feedback that came in from the board on this that gave me the time to sit and think whether or not the course of action that I'd taken was the correct way to do it. And I'm really happy to report that we, that we were able to take in all that feedback to correct course on it and really do the right thing for the students and for the community here in Napa. So I wanted to take the opportunity to thank everybody who provided that input here for my office and, and for our our college, and we were able to act on that successfully. So I'm really excited with, with where we are with that right now. And again, I wanted to say thank Mrs. Blackseth also for coming in and meeting with me for quite some time in my office and um, talking to me about it, and um, really helpful. So thank you on that front. Um, other things that we have going on in instruction, faculty hiring. So we are in the process of gearing up to hire seven uh, tenure-track um, full-time professors for um, our college. So we, I announced that previously, but we are actually getting ready to start the process. The announcements are out. Um, the uh, applications will be due in February. And our goal at this point is to bring those names to you in April. So we've got a pretty aggressive timeline that we've set up for our faculty hiring this time around. So 
I've been working very closely with the Executive Director of Human Resources, Charo, uh, with the Academic Senate, uh, with the President, with Amanda Badgett, to get uh, hiring committees together and to get our process uh, up and running. So we're moving forward with that. So we hope that at the April meeting we'll have a whole stack of names to bring to you um, for full-time tenure-track professors for the college. And then finally, uh, we're getting, we're actually, even though we're just starting the spring semester, we're already starting, uh, getting ready to start our summer schedule build and our fall schedule build as well. So we'll be doing that in the coming weeks, in the coming month here. So we are uh, not letting this stone gather any moss, and we're moving right along with everything here in instruction. So thank you. Thank you. Bob? Just two things to report tonight. First of all, the uh, governor released his initial budget proposal on Tuesday. For community colleges, it reflected a proposed 1.48% cost of living increase, a $23.6 million increase in base allocation, and then $79.3 million in growth. Good news for the community college system. Of course, this is just the initial proposal, but good news for the community college system. And as we look at what we had put into our preliminary projections for next fiscal year, we were looking at a 1.5% COLA or, or guessing that there would be a 1.5% COLA. The combination of the 1.48 and the $23.6 million base allocation increase means that we'll we will see a little more than that 1.5% increase that we had projected. So that's good news for us. Um, I'll be attending a budget workshop in Sacramento next Wednesday, and so should have more specific information to share at the February board meeting. And my second item, I'm very sad to report that after uh, over 30 years of service to our college district, our controller, Glenna Aguada, is retiring. Uh, her last official day on the job will be January 31st. Oh. And we are celebrating her years of service and maybe roasting her a little bit. Um, <laughs> at, uh, don't tell her I said that. At uh, a reception on Thursday, January 26th, it's from 2 to 4 p.m. in the community room. That is almost worth coming to. I think that will, that will be good. We'll, t we'll tape that. Um, Charo, HR, please. Well, I don't have any exciting news like uh, Mr. Parker here. Um, but in human resources, we're working very diligently in supporting the Office of Instruction in our recruitment efforts for those seven faculty positions. And at the end of January and the beginning of February, we're sending two HR representatives to represent the district at the CC, um, the Community College um, Registry Job Fair. Um, which is very important for us to have a presence there to attract the best um, to Napa Valley College. And we're working on various projects, onboarding. Um, we are in the process of looking for someone to serve as a recruiter to assist us in all of our uh, lofty goals as we are trying to uh, bring on these seven faculty members in such a short amount of time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. I have a very short report. I don't know. Did we load this up, Carolee? Do you know? Yeah. Um, basically, there's just a, a quick nod to the, the general good news of the um, 
of the governor's um, budget for education. There's a link on here that that um, you could take a look at. I just like to make sure that it's out there for folks. But um, it seems to be in line as Bob's reported, and we'll certainly get um, do a deeper dive in February and March to get more specific as we move into um, local. A bit of an a bit of an interesting piece. Um, we are meeting to. Um, explore the California College Promise Innovation Grant Program. Um, this is a, a program that began out of Long Beach, which really encouraged, as you can see in some of this language down there, um, a line sequence of rigorous high school and college coursework leading to capstone college courses. It really is a program that we're all about, encouraging um, kindergartners th- through K-6 through middle school and college to not only think about college, but be more educated about college and be excited about that. Also to present them a a clearer pathway, um, both on their way to the community college, um, through the community college, and then in combination with um, a state university, or a state, uh, yeah, a state university. And uh, the goal here across the nation for these college programs is to try to, edge their way into creating um, free college education, if you will. California is head and shoulders above the rest of the, the nation already um, in terms of its, um, its approach towards education. As you know, here at, at our college, our, on our Board of Governors waivers, about 60% of our students are already not paying tuition. This goal is to excite our community in Napa, get them interested early on, give parents and students uh, this conversation that they can start having, which is, you know what, if if you do these kinds of things, you can go all the way in this valley to a college bachelor's degree program. Um, The chancellor's office is um, under new leadership. Eli Oakley is a new chancellor, came from Long Beach, and he was the, um, the generator of this original program. They've funded up. Um, the grants at seven hundred and fifty thousand. We brought together a broad-based coalition, all the superintendents in the valley, um, our faculty senate, um, our um, oh, um, help me out, Eric. If there was um, somebody else there, the county office of education, um, certainly. The, I'm sorry, Napa Learns. Thank you, and it's in the report here to really talk about: Do we want to do this as a community? And the answer is yes. So we're moving forward to at least applying for the grant. We'll see where it goes. And um, if we do get uh, a successful um, nod on this, we'll know in February or March at the latest. And um, it's a quite exciting of a program, um, something that we can really coalesce behind. There'll be more information, but I just wanted to present this tonight at least as a, as a general um, overview. Yes. Is, um is the adult school part of this? Do they are they it a is part not. of this collaboration? It is not in this this piece. Um, but because the adult ed block grant, um, and we're a member, and so is the Napa Unified is the main member there, along with the county office. There will be certainly there will be a close overlap. So the kind of conversations that we would have and the outreach that we would have, um, a lot of those adult students are also parents, and um, could encourage their students to get on this this fast track to a, a college degree. Um, so that's really all I have in, in terms of this report. Um, there's the typical kinds of things that happened in um, over the, the break, um, a, attendance at 
leadership councils and such, and, and you're very welcome to look at that. So with that, I'd like to move to the public information office and, and invite um, Doug to kind of round out the president's report. Welcome, Doug. Thank you, board. Uh, very briefly, uh, pretty standard uh, clipping report this, this month uh, for December. The real news is the breaking news, what happened in January. You may have heard of Robert Parker, not Bob Parker, but Robert Parker, the wine guru, the, the critic who, who rates the wines in the world. You, you, you get an 89 from Bob Parker, and you're great. Napa Valley College of State Wine, the Cabernet Sauvignon, got an 89. Wow. That's big news. And coupled with yeah. that. Yeah. And, and the even bigger news is uh, this month's, uh, well, January's uh, Sunset Magazine, full-page story about the Napa Valley College BWT program, featuring a, a vintner who went through the program and is – his dream came true. So, you know, good good marks for Napa Valley College and its wine program. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Big, big deal. Yes. Um, I just had a question because you always say, you know, tell us if you want something. And I was just wondering, I, I, I appreciate all the news articles, but I was wondering if at some point we could get maybe some news on um, what we're doing to target maybe high school seniors and also young adults who maybe don't get the paper um, but are likely to come to a community college, um, how we're reaching out to that demographic. Um, and what I'm specifically wondering about um, is how we're informing them about the different programs that are they're at the college. Because in the, gen in the, in the end, you know, they're not going to come to Napa College just because we're number one or because relationships are formed here, but because they have some, we have something that they – are interested in sure. a program that they're interested in. So I was just wondering if we could m maybe look at how we're reaching out to young adults and informing them about all the different programs we have at Napa College. It's a good idea. Thank you. you when, when on, the, on that note, as you know, Amy, we have uh, we have uh, college staff at each of the high schools at least once a week, and, and some high schools uh, twice a week. So the idea there is that we've been forming these the, the associations with with high school principals and with the counselors. To let us know when they want certain activities to take place, like you know, assessment and testing, those sort of things. So we're working much, much more strongly with with the local high schools, and we're expanding out to schools uh, next next door in uh, Solano County as well. But we're trying to share information as much as we can, verbally as well as through 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 handouts and just being available. So but I think that working with with Doug in um, in a written format would also you know enhance that that effort. Yeah. I was even thinking, I mean, I think, like, for at my high school, I'm probably the main way that they learn about the different programs because I'm working with the students. But um, if they were to do research, for example, um, I, I was even thinking, you know, a list of the career technical programs on the website and maybe a link to the course of study as well as maybe a short video, you know, on the program. Or I don't know. I just, I feel like the main, our students don't know about all the, the welding program and the machine tool technology program and, I feel like I'm one person, and even a rep on campus is one person, but to do outreach. Mr. Chair, I, I, can I call point of order? What are we, I mean, we're getting a little off track, I feel like. It was a report, and we're going in on a wish list, I feel like. No, I'm just making one point that I, that's what I would be interested in hearing about. Thank you. 
Before we move on the agenda, I see that uh, Gerardo Martin is in the audience, president of the uh, Napa Valley College Foundation. I'd like to invite you up to the podium if you've got anything further to share with us. Thank you, Mr. President, and welcome to the new board members. A uh, couple things, uh, as I was doing my report for today, uh, we're excited about a lot of the new things that are going on that we're going to be doing this year. Uh, one of them, just uh, put it on your calendar, from March 17th, we're going to do a campus crawl, similar to the campus crawl that we did for the, for the board members, but we're going to be doing this for the donors, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I invite you all to, to be here. Um, the other thing is we did hire uh, a program coordinator. I don't know if we've talked about it already, but uh, it is really cool. It's working out really good. Thank you, Marie. And uh, we have switched over to, instead of having quarterly meetings, we, we are now going to have bimonthly meetings because there's a lot going on with the foundation, and we're, again, we're just very excited about stuff. And, uh, I'd, you know, throughout the year, I'll be keeping you guys updated on, on the new things that are going on. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Roger. Uh, that is, let me make sure that I am. Robin, you're doing your stuff under info or agenda, other, other places, right? Okay, thank you. Then I'm finished with my report. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kraft. Then we are number 10 on the agenda, approval of minutes. Move approval. I have a first and a second. Are there any changes or Questions? Seeing none, then minutes are deemed approved, are they not? That's right. Thank you. Okay, on to number 11, information discussion items. 11.1, core indicators report. This Robin? This is Robin. Welcome to the new year, Dr. Warnell. And to all of you as well. Thank you. Um... Um, so I am here to present the Core Indicators Report, which tracks 2015-2016 performance on five institutional performance measures. Um, so first I'm going to provide a little bit of background on the five measures and the purpose of this report. Um, back in 2013, as part of the annual reporting process to the Accrediting Commission for Community and Junior Colleges, or the ACCJC, uh, member institutions were asked to identify institution set standards on five indicators, including the successful course completion rate, the fall-to-fall -fall persistence rate, the number of degree and certificate recipients, and the number of transfers to four-year institutions. Uh, the institution set standards were intended to define institutional and academic quality, and should performance ever fall below the established standards, then it should trigger some kind of institutional response to explore the issue, implement strategies uh, to provide additional support for student success and achievement, and improve institutional performance. So as part of that process in 2013, MVC established institution set standards as required, and those are reported on the right-hand side of the document. Um, in 2014-2015, the core indicators report was developed as something 
um, that Napa Valley College does locally to help monitor and evaluate performance against the established standards. And in the three years since 2014-15, the core indicators report has been established as a regular report that's produced annually and that is reviewed by the planning committee, presented to the board of trustees, and shared with the campus community as well as the public through the college website. Um, I want to call your attention particularly to the accreditation standards and one of the reasons that we developed the core indicators report is that um, this report is designed to help address at least two accreditation standards, and I'm going to read through those two just so you are aware. Uh, so within the standards related to academic quality and institutional effectiveness, standard 1B3 states, quote, the institution establishes institution set standards for student achievement appropriate to its mission, assesses how well it is achieving them in pursuit of continuous improvement, and publishes this information. That's the first one. The second time it appears or, uh, is within the standards associated with the governing board. And standard 4C8 states, quote, to ensure the institution is accomplishing its goals for student success, the governing board regularly reviews key indicators of student learning and achievement and institutional plans for improving academic quality. So that's why I am here tonight to share this report with you. Uh, the core indicators report is really intended as a uh, one-page snapshot of our recent performance, again, relative to the institution set standards that we established. Um, the one included uh, for tonight's meeting compares the 2015-16 performance against those established standards. And this is something that board members can share with the constituents in the community, um, and I'm happy to report that all of the standards were met in 2015-2016. That's what the little green check marks over on the right are intended to convey. Um, so in addition to reporting the performance at the institutional level, uh, the core indicators report includes data linking the institution level indicators to the mission of the California Community Colleges, and that's the part um, kind of in the bottom half of the document. So those, uh, the mission of California Community Colleges includes uh, career technical education, CTE, uh, basic skills, the completion agenda, and transfer. And so those four components are um, listed separately. Um, so uh, the drill down at the bottom of the page takes those institution-level indicators and then looks at subsets of data um, that are relevant for each of those four areas. So um, as an example, the successful course completion rate among four subsets of courses or students within four subsets of courses are reported at the bottom. So the... Um, CTE um, success rate within CTE courses is reported similarly for basic skills, degree applicable, and transfer applicable courses. Um, then we do that also for the persistence rate, and um, then we look at the number of local degrees and certificates that we um, confer at both the vocational and non-vocational levels, um, as well as transfer degrees or ADTs to um, California State Universities. Uh, within the section on career, or sorry, degree and certificates, um, in the basic skills um, category there, what we do is we track the number of 2015-2016 degree or recipient or, or certificate recipients who completed at least one basic skills course while they were at MVC along uh, their path of completion. And that number that's reported on the um, Page here um, indicates that 44% of our degree or certificate recipients in 15-16 completed at least one basic skills course during their time at Napa Valley College. 
and then finally, the, uh, the final row, row of the report um, shows the performance on uh, student success scorecard measures related to each of the four components of the California Community College mission. So um, some takeaways or key takeaways for you from the uh, core indicators report for this year is uh, first that we're regularly monitoring our institutional performance as part of our effective practices uh, related to institutional effectiveness. Um, as I said, we met all of the standards for 2015, and uh, we actually exceeded all of them. Uh, so for successful course completion rate, we exceeded the established standard, standard by 4%. For the persistence rate, it was uh, more than 9%. Number of degree recipients, we exceeded the standard by 162 students. For the number of certificate recipients, we exceeded it by 73 students. And transfers to CSU and UC, we exceeded by 65 students. Happy to answer any questions you might have. I have one quick question. When the standard was set, was it set on um, specific enrollment, and then did that change based on the actual degree recipient numbers? Um, so, no, no, we didn't uh, um, incorporate any controls for the size of our student population. And in three intervening years, we haven't needed to um, revisit that or explore that. Um, any need for that. Uh, what we did um, it, in 2013 is that I worked with the Academic Standards and Practices Committee, which is a committee of the Academic Senate, and we looked at about uh, five years of performance data from the, um, the previous five years and then established um, the standard, again, based on um, kind of the floor in the sense that if we dip below it, it should trigger some kind of institutional response. That's actually... I have a follow-up to that. So I remember the process, and you kind of chose an average over five years, but what that did was it actually meant that we set standards that were lower than what we had completed yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that year. Yeah, so you're, that's for the aspirational goals. This is the other side. So one is Chancellor's Office aspirational, which is intended to challenge us. Um, this is different. This is academic quality that if we dip below it, it should trigger a response. So we actually didn't take the average. It was a different process entirely. So, okay. I have kind of a follow-up sort of to both of those questions. Is How often are the standards reevaluated? Um, so we have not established a formal process for that, but given that we've been increasing on some of these in recent years, um, that's certainly something that we can incorporate into our practices. I just had a quick question on the persistence rate. Do we ever know how many are local students from Napa community versus? Uh, yeah, so that's a, so there we, um, you know, this is just the one page snapshot of these particular indicators, but we do um, look at uh, where our students are coming from based on county of residence and then um, every year as part of the um, High school breakfast that Oscar uh, coordinates. Um, we provide data packets for um, individual uh, high schools uh, related to particularly the placement data of their students. I'm just trying to understand the scorecard measure. So is that kind of like a graduation rate within each of those categories, um, CTE and basic skills and transfer rates? Um, so not, not exactly. And, we, and we, the scorecard is something that's released by the Chancellor's Office at the end of every March, and we'll come to you later in the year once that's um, released, and I can give more um, information about it at that time. But basically there... Um, for all of the scorecard measures, uh, track cohorts of students over a period of up to six years. 
And so, uh, and then there are um, various parameters for the methodology behind generating um, each of those measures. So, for instance, for CTE, they look at um, a population of students that takes at least, I think it's eight um, units within the same CTE discipline, and then they track them over a period of six years to see if they complete that degree uh, or certificate program. Um, for basic skills, that's uh, remedial progress rate, which looks at um, students within the um, within, who enroll in courses uh, English, math, and ESL that are at least two levels below college level, and they track them for six years to see if they successfully complete a college level class in the discipline within that period. And then um, for ESL, um, a couple of our ESL classes count as college level, or if they um, if they successfully complete a college level English course, that counts as a success. Um, for and, and then the the final two categories, uh, the um, student success scorecard uh, includes the um, so-called SPAR rate, which is the student progress and achievement rate, which looks at becoming um, eligible for transfer uh, or completing a local degree or transferring to a four-year institution. And that divides it up um, based on the outcomes of degree uh, and certificate completion and transfer. It's a little more detailed on the scorecard there. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, moving on to 11.2, accreditation update. Dr. Warnoff. Are you driving or am I? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay, so the accreditation update for this month is that uh, first the the drafting of the follow up report is underway. <laughs> I sent it out for steering committee review, the drafty draft uh, earlier uh, while you guys were meeting. Um, I've also scheduled weekly meetings um, between myself and each of the leads for the three recommendations. So Eric for recommendation. One, Charo for recommendation five, and Bob for recommendation nine. And those are going well. They provide an opportunity to get feedback on the draft and then also um, get the evidence uh, or organized. Uh, and then um, the review of drafts by the steering committee is going to begin next week. So tonight I want to share a little bit about um, just the kind of structure of the follow-up report so that everyone's aware of what we are required to do. So this slide um, outlines the six required components or sections of the report. This is laid out in the guidelines for preparing institutional reports to the commission. Um, so this is all done for us. There isn't any creativity on my part involved in this. Uh, so we have the cover sheet, the certification page, table of contents, report preparation, uh, and then the final two sections are really where um, the major content in terms of the actions we've taken to address the three recommendations uh, occurs. So there's the response to the commission action letter and the appendices, which will contain uh, the list of evidence and all of the documents associated with that. Um, so I've been working with uh, Ron and the leads to come up with an outline for the responses to each of the recommendations. So 
Um, and this is already laid out in the draft of the report that the, for each recommendation, there will be four kind of um, parts to the outline. So first is that we restate the recommendation and the cited uh, accreditation standards or eligibility requirement within each of those three recommendations. Um, then I reviewed the external evaluation team's report and I, uh, and the wording that they had associated with each of the standards that were cited in the recommendations. And I identified, uh, the primary concerns that were, con that the team had at the time of our site visit. So that's included as kind of guiding and structuring information to make sure that we're addressing, um, their, all, all aspects of their concerns at that time. Uh, then we describe the actions taken toward resolution of the recommendation, and that's being structured around uh, bulleted lists that describe the activities and actions that have been completed um, to help address the recommendation. And within those bulleted lists, then we have the um, references to the supporting evidence cited right alongside it to make it as clear as possible for any member of the campus community or external um, evaluator to uh, help assess where we stand. And then finally, to make sure that we are meeting all of the standards and eligibility requirements that are cited in the recommendations, then uh, we restate the um, standard and either say see above, see above, see above, or add any additional um, information if, if it wasn't covered um, above, and then we will list all of the evidence to show that we are meeting the standards. So that's the outline. Um, I do have an example to show you what the those um, component parts. Oh, oh, one thing, sorry, I forgot to mention is that for the um, the resolution that those bulleted lists are structured around the major activities that were identified in the recommendation language itself. So that's really what's um, used to help structure our responses. And so here's the example of the component parts for resolution of recommendation one. Um, so we have six sections. So one is identification of learning outcomes at course, program, degree certificate, and academic support service level. So just do we have those outcomes identified and in place? The next section covers um, assessment of the learning outcomes that were covered under the identification part. Again, at those four uh, levels of course, program, degree certificate, and uh, academic support service. Then uh, we cover assessment um, results being used for continuous quality improvement. Uh, one thing that was called out in the external evaluation report in the action letter is that there was some discrepancy between this um, sampling of syllabi that the team pulled and uh, so learning outcomes that are listed on those syllabi and then those that are in the um, guiding course outline of record that's, uh, that goes through our curriculum review process. Uh, the final part of the recommendation um, alludes to professional development and training needs among faculty and staff to ensure the effective assessment of student learning outcomes. And then finally, for each of the three recommendations, we um, will conclude with uh, a list of some of the sustainability of improvements, so um, next steps and how um, this isn't a check the box, <laughs> we're done in March and Hopefully, see you again in five years. But um, but more what, what will, that this is being folded into our practices um, for ongoing improvements. Okay, so finally, uh, the timeline uh, spanning from now through uh, March or April is that we're drafting the report now. Um, it will be reviewed by the steering committee um, at three meetings that we have scheduled between now and the middle of February. Uh, we will 
um, then be providing an opportunity for the campus community to review that, and we anticipate that being in February. Um, then we will collect the signatures for the certification page in early March before it comes to the board for approval uh, on March 9th when Raphael will join the list of signatures <laughs> on this uh, certification page, hopefully. And then um, we submit the follow-up report to, on March 15th, and then we anticipate a one-day follow-up visit that will occur sometime within the range of March 15th to April 20th. We're in the process of confirming the exact date with the ACCJC. So that's what I have. Any questions? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no rest for the wicked. <laughs> Robin, thank you. I think what you can see from the board vantage point is thoroughness. It's it's a very linear process, and so if you skip piece, it's at your own peril. And um, it's clear to me, Robin, you've spent some great time on this, and so every piece is just um, underway. So you should feel confident that we're going to have a good report, and it's due. Will we get another visit? Who knows? Um, you know, but um, we're we're prepping, I think, in a very good way and addressing these um, very very solidly. So good work. Excited to see the final version. <laughs> Me Walk too. Walk out of here. Yeah, you are too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Consent calendar that anybody wants to pull or questions on. Seeing none, the consent calendar is approved. We're down to action items number 13, 13.1, ratify financial documents. Move approval. There's second. Second. Amy, you have questions? Yeah, I just had a question about one item. Um, I emailed it. I didn't see if you responded, but... Um, the item TLCD architecture master plan update for $6,000. So we engaged um, TLCD to assist us in updating the overall campus map um, for in preparation for the facilities master plan. And so we have used TLCD as a consultant for these things in the past, and so that was payment for the work that they did on that. So I know um, a while back we saw, had a presentation on the campus master plan, um, but since then we really haven't had any discussion about it, so I'm just was wondering what's what were the updates? What? Well, and, and so this would have been, if it stated that it was campus master plan, it's mislabeled. Right. It should be facilities master plan, not the campus master plan. And the facilities master plan is very specifically targeted to the instructional spaces on campus in alignment with the educational master plan. Okay, yeah. All right, thank you. Anybody else? No? Then uh We've got a first and a second. Uh, Carolee, are we voting electronically or verbally? <laughs> um, it's whichever you prefer. But <laughs> Electronic. 
Are you missing somebody? <laughs> it was a unanimous vote. Thank you. 13.2-2017-2018 non-resident tuition. Move to approve. Second. First and a second. Is there any discussion? Any questions? No. Carolee, vote. This is the fascinating part for YouTube right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I lost my connection. <laughs> yeah. Has it Did come you? up? Let's do a verbal vote. Sorry about that. What's up? Not yet. There we go. Ah. It was unanimous in favor? Thank you. 13.3, Keenan and Associates Employee Benefits Consulting Service Agreement. have a motion. Second. Uh, I do have a question. Oh. <laughs> Questions? Marianne? Um, I just wanted to know, if did, was this an RFP or was this someone we used before? Or what was the process there? This is actually um, someone that we are currently in contract with for other benefits, such as our workers' compensation. And actually, I've invited Susan Volt um, to oh. join us this evening to answer any of your questions in regards to the services that they would provide under this contract. Okay, so it was an add-on to services we were already doing with them, is yes. that it? Yes. Okay, got it. Good evening. My name is Susan Vogt. And I am the account executive for Keenan & Associates. Thank you so much for having me out here tonight. I feel like I want to clap after all the great news you guys bring. So I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. But um, It's okay if you I, do. We don't get that often. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the purpose of um, the new contract would be for us to send you out to bid um, to see if there's alternatives to your CalPERS benefited program as of right now. Um, with the complete transparency of involving all your unions, all your employee groups, to make sure that everybody has a voice, and wanting to see really what is really important to you guys as far as benefits. Is it cost? Is it network? Is it a wellness program? You know, things that really will benefit the college, um, you know, and, and also hiring. You know, giving that benefit package where you have a great benefit program. Currently, I am the broker at um, Gavelin College, who is a CalPERS benefited program. This year, I went out and held, I did their open enrollments for them. But I also sat in a room for about four days straight and met with all of their members one-on-one. -on -one. And it was really great. I met with their board. Um, they came in, you know, what, what's the best benefit for me? So what we did, we saved a lot of people a lot of money by moving networks with their same exact doctor and really educating them about benefits. So that's something we'll also do here. 
Um, as you well know, CalPERS, it takes a while to get out of CalPERS if it is a benefited program that you guys want to leave. Um, there is a long transition program where you have to first meet with your employees, then you have to send it out to bid, then you have to wait for the preliminary rates to come in. So it would be a really long process. Um, if you guys were not to leave because CalPERS is still the best deal for you, um, I would still continue to stay on, help with the ACA, which we call it now the TBD care because we don't know what's going on with that. But, um, you know, I'd still be that resource. We've been a great resource, I think, to the college, especially this last year with Section 125 and information like that. So that's what I would bring to you guys. Any questions? Amy? Um, I have two. Um, first, I was just wondering what kind of generated this. Was this employee-driven? Was this administration? Um, was there dissatisfaction with the current benefits um, on the part of the employees or administration? Or what prompted this decision to This is actually this? a discussion that was going on prior to me joining the district. And it's um, at a, as a result of the Benefits Committee sharing their concern about um, their particular cost for their health benefits. And so this is addressing that need, and we will be reconvening that Benefits Committee that is comprised of all of the constituent groups on campus. Um, so, And Susan will be assisting me in the education and the communication and the process with all of this. And then my, oh, did you want to say something? Well, I did fail to mention that um, we did bring a Loney College out of the CalPERS benefited program this year. So I was able to get them out of CalPERS and save their employees quite considerably a lot of money with the same exact benefits. So it's one of those things that we should do. You should do your due diligence you know, every four or five years just to make sure you're in the right benefit program for your employees and that they're not spending too much for their health care. And, um, and then is this, some, so is this something that would have to go through shared governance and, or is this negotiated through the unions or how, or could the district just decide what it wants to do? What is the process to actually make a decision as far as the different stakeholders? The district cannot make that decision on its own. This, these are negotiable items, which is the purpose of bringing all the constituent groups together to hear the same information at the same time. And then the constituent groups will then take the information back to their members, and they will vote based on what their groups have decided. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. quick, just what did Ohlone College decide to switch from? Um, they went from CalPERS to MIGSIG, which is the municipality city schools insurance group based out of Monterey. One of the reasons why they did it was um, it has a great wellness program, about $500 per person that's on the plan, that you know, and they were able to save money. So they got Anthem accounts and obviously Kaiser. We always bring in the Kaiser plans. And then um, I was able to get them a Sutter plan um, to sit aside the JPA. So, you know, I'm here for you guys to work for you to make sure I give you the best benefits possible. You know, we will always look at everything and make sure that you guys have the very best of everything at the lowest cost because we like to see you guys put more money in your pockets. That's important to me as a broker. I have a, a, a follow-up question to what you were saying that uh, – it goes back to the different groups. Is it possible that one group could decide to leave CalPERS and the, another not? Yeah, so the way your um, resolution is done with CalPERS, you can, the group can decide to leave. Maybe the CSEA, CSEA wants to go, but faculty wants to stay or, you know, 
vice versa, and you can exit that way. Yes. So it's really um, based on each bargaining unit's own voting. We don't do any, Keenan doesn't do any of the voting. Any, We just give you the information, and we'll give you our opinion, but we want you guys always to make your decisions on what's best for you. And I've really enjoyed already meeting a lot of your employee groups. Um, we did have last year a couple of groups come out and talk to us, and we really are listening to what's really important to them is that they feel like a lot of their paycheck is going towards health care, and they would like to see just if, if there is a possibility. Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much Thank for having you, me. Susan. Thank you. So we have a uh, motion and a second for the vote. Unanimous in favor. Thank you. 13.4 CCCT board nominations. This was an item that we sent out to each of the board members to see if there was any interest. We got uh, Kyle expressed interest in um, serving or running for the California Community College Trustees Board. Um, and so I would like to nominate Kyle uh, for that. He has to go through the process and, and provide his information and his papers. Um, so uh, I would like to get a vote from the, the board. Can we nominate other people? If there's anybody interested, he was the only one that responded to the uh, inquiry. What? Well, I, I actually asked. I wanted to nominate Michael, and he's expressed interest to me. Thank you. I appreciate that honor, Amy. Uh, I defer to Trustee Kyle Iverson because last year he did express an interest. Um, so I will. I'm right behind you, Kyle. I thank you. Thank you, though, Amy. Appreciate that. Well, will he have to share his answers to all these questions with us? If you would like, I will share them. <laughs> I believe in transparency. So I was just, I mean, I think it'd be great for us to have a rep, you know, and I'm just I'm looking at the questions, like one of the questions is years of service. So I was just trying to think of who we would have the best chance of actually getting on and with his, I don't know, that's all my, I was thinking with Michael's extensive experience, I thought we might have a better chance of actually getting a rep, but... Uh, I, I understand your comments, but it sounds to me like Michael has deferred to Kyle, so I would move that uh, we nominate Kyle. There's a second. Any other discussion? Call the vote. So, Raphael, you were the motion? Yes. Just win, baby. I did vote for myself. <laughs> it was unanimous in favor? Thank you. Thank you. We, we will expect a lot if you get on the board. Mm -hmm. 
Could I attach my uh, answers in my trustee report for next month? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, 13.5. Appoint trustee member to the District Auxiliary Services Foundation Board of Directors. On this, I, I also have a, a nomination. Of course, if there's other interest, we entertain that. Um, I would uh, nominate uh, our new board member, Rosara Segura, has extensive experience on a number of different boards, past and currently still serving. Um, so if she would accept that nomination, I would move to appoint her. Thank you, Mr. President. I do accept. Do we have a second? A second. Discussion? I'd already planned to nominate Jennifer Baker, so I'm just going to follow through because I discussed it with her. So just want to put that out there and... She also has a lot of experience on boards. I think they would both be great, but I, I told her I was going to nominate her, so I'd like to nominate Jennifer Baker as well. Is there, would there be a second on Yes, Jennifer? If you don't receive a second, then, then it's then your salt. But, yeah. Is there a second on Jennifer? Seeing no second, then I would uh, call the vote on Rosaura Segura. It was unanimous in favor. Thank you. 13.6, appointment of trustee member to the Viticulture and Winery Technology Foundation Board of Directors. And I believe this is my appointment. And I'd like to appoint uh, Kyle to the VWT. I would accept the nomination. I would. It's an appointment, so oh, you. Sorry, I don't get to accept it. You take it or you. Well, thank you. I do. You, you, you don't really have a choice. Mr. Chair. Actually, so we'll go ahead and take your vote to kind of ratify your appointment. To ratify my appointment, if I, if I could get a uh, motion to ratify my appointment of move, Kyle to the VWT. I move to ratify your appointment of Kyle to the VWT Foundation. Yep. Any further discussion? Seeing none, call the vote. Unanimous in favor. So let's see, thirteen point seven curriculum. Move to approve. Second. I do have a question, though. I do too. Oh, we start, Marianne. <laughs> so I was just curious, and maybe this is overkill. Um, but we see what is modified. We see what is, uh, you know, new courses. Um, but I'm wondering if, if there's a way to see on this report what doesn't get through, basically. Like, how do we know what's, what's proposed that doesn't happen? <laughs> 
the bad ideas? The bad ideas, <laughs> I the, guess. The, or the failed actions from the <laughs> curriculum committee. Right, right. Uh, um, the, you know what? Well, I can, I can, I can say. You know, cer- certainly at the at, at the president's request, I'd be happy to provide whatever information the board would be interested in seeing. Typically, we we would only bring those things forward for your approval that would require your approval on on that. I can tell you from the many, 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 many years that I served on the curriculum committee here at the college, it's not too frequent that things actually would make it to the level of committee voting and not get approved because there's so many checks along the way starting from when we ask a faculty member to first have a good idea and put it down on paper, between then and when, they, when the curriculum committee itself takes action to forward something to the board, there are so many steps and checks in places. It's rare that something comes to a meeting. I can think of one instance in 15 years that I've served on the committee where something was not approved at the curriculum committee meeting itself that would provide a record of action. Amy? Um so there, a lot of them, I noticed there's student learning outcomes under a lot of them. So I'm just wondering, is that a change in student learning outcomes or those um, courses that didn't have them and they're being added as part of accreditation? Um, there's going to be a mix of that on this list. So when it, any, anyone that indicates student learning outcomes, that could be because it wasn't on the course outline of record previously or it could be a modification to them. Um, in some instances I'm looking at here, there were some of these um, – um, where they were added at one point, we had some problems with our technology in the system, and they didn't stick once they were put in. So we went back and put them through, and and, and revised them and updated them as a as a result. So in some cases, they'll show up as new. Yeah. And then I was wondering, um, I'd emailed Dr. Kraft. At, did you forward that email? I didn't know if there was a mistake with Music 147, the songwriting. I'm sorry. You know what? I didn't. Oh, okay. Get it today. The change of the title, it says from computer applications to music to electronic music, and I think that was for the one above it. That is correct. just want to point that out. I'll make sure that we note that before we submit it to the chancellor's office. So can I move to amend the motion that we approve the document with that change, with the correction of the title of Music 147? Marianne, do you accept that amendment? There's a mistake on the title for one of the courses, the change. What's the course title, the number? Uh, Music 147, songwriting. Is it this piece? It's the next line down. So above it is electronic music, the one right above it, and that one has the change in title from computer applications to electronic music, right? And then Music 147, it says the same thing. So it should be from whatever it was before to, I guess, Yes, I accept the amendment. Songwriting. I had a quick question. Um, how is it determined that a course is required? So let me pull up. Is there a specific one that you're looking at here? The library one. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're asking about that. Too. Yes. Um, uh, so, so it depends. It, so it depends on the on the course that we're looking at. So, uh, when you, when you say required, that would be, um, you know, whether or not it's in a degree or whether it's required for all students. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yeah. So, the, so in the, so in the California Community College system and our curriculum system, there's very few instances where we can make a, blank, a, a blanket across all of our curriculum and say this one course all students must take. Um, there, there's, some pretty, there's some pretty strict regulations in place on, on, do it, on doing that. So in the case of this one, 
um, I, I, as a librarian's son, I would, I would, I would actually say that you know, this sort of information literacy would be uh, 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 an important thing for all students. Uh, but we couldn't say that all students at the college must take this course. Um, now that said, there are some. We could add this to a general education pattern. So there are some schools where you might see this as a required component of a general education pattern where they don't have any other courses in a particular area of the general education, and it's a sort of a forced choice um, in, in a GE pattern. But typically speaking, you won't see that as a blanket requirement across the board because of a lot of the restrictions that are in place for us, regulatory, uh, regulatory restrictions on doing that for students. Michael. I have a question on the sand volleyball. Uh, I noticed uh, a great body of water out there somewhere in the sand. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my understanding is that Kennedy Park um, is developing a sand volleyball court that we're going to be utilizing, so we will have an agreement with the city to utilize that facility. And hopefully there won't be water in the middle of it. <laughs> Thank water you. Polo. <laughs> now, we had motion, and the amended motion was accepted. Can we get a vote? It was unanimous in favor. Okay, board reports. We have a couple of other appointments to make to committees. Uh, I would like to appoint Mary Ann, the Legislative Affairs Committee, if willing to serve. Yes, I am, Mr. Uh, President. You are appointed. And if there are other people on some of these committees that you want to participate, you know, there is opportunity for more than one person on the committees. The Audit Committee, I'd like to appoint Amy. Yes, you are appointed. And then I'm um, the McPherson Distinguished Teacher Award Selection Committee. Jennifer, would you be willing to serve on that committee? Uh, sure. Thank you. And there's one other, uh, well, I'd like to add a new committee, ad hoc committee. And you could help me with the title for this, Ron, but... The, um, kind of a we had discussed district asset management committee. So point of order. Um, it actually says in our bylaws that we can only, we have to have, committees have to be formed through board action. So we actually need to vote to create a committee. Okay. That's, let me explain. And I'm wondering if it needs we, to be, does it have to be agendized? I wonder if it doesn't have to be on the agenda to create a new committee? It's not a standing committee. It's an ad hoc committee. Right? Okay. So, so yeah, so we have to vote. Yeah. Okay. Let, let us finish the description and then okay. we'll move on. Thank you. So this is a committee, well, we are calling it the District Land Use uh, Asset. <laughs> or asset Management. Management. Or either way. Um, yeah, to kind of, I mean, we've already kind of been involved with the, everything that, that's going on around us with the city, the hospital, down here in the park. And they have a committee that uh, will kind of go out and actually participate in those meetings that are going on, land use meetings in the city, the county, everywhere that affect us. So we want to have a, a voice at those meetings um, so that we are expressing uh, our interests and protecting our uh, interests here at the college. Um, and for that, I would like to... Uh, that to the board and ask for a uh, motion to create that committee. 
Um, and then also I would like the board to appoint Michael to that committee. Uh, he's got a lot of connections in the community and uh, knows a lot of the people out there. Again, there are others that can participate. I'd like to participate in that committee also. So if we could start with a motion to create the committee. Second. Any discussion? Thank you. Can we get a vote, Carolyn? So this is this is not a standing committee. It's an ad hoc committee. Ad hoc. So, so that means I I thought an ad hoc had to have it like very time limited, like very specific and time limited. And this sounds like something we would want to have ongoing, wouldn't we? Well, it's. I guess that's kind of a good well, question. I we think, don't know. We don't have anything set up. I could weigh in. We, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, in um, with chair and vice chair, and I, I recommended that, it, it, as you said so well, really. It, I think it's important to have, a, um, if, if, if we can, uh, a board member available to be in those meetings and report back. I don't think that it's going to be a, a continuing long-term piece. If, if you decide as a board that it really works and seems to be working for you, then make it a regular standing committee and we can we can look at it. But we, but we weren't quite ready to do that. Yes, and I'm asking if it's a special committee, what triggers the end of it? What I mean, what's the, perp the specific purpose and that we know it would be done and that it would the, be over? In this case, for an ad hoc, the, the, your chair would end the committee at the at the chair's pleasure. Kind of open-ending. Well, one of the things like for this that's a little different than our, the rest of our committees our committees, standing or, or otherwise, we're setting the meeting. For those that are standing, we have to give notice to that. Here, we're just responding, going out to somebody, yeah, really somebody else's. Not a representative. Um, yeah, somebody it's, um, else's meeting. Probably just I think it falls under fact-finding. So before you can determine what you need, standing or ad hoc, you need to do your fact-finding and evaluate the scope of work. Mm -hmm. And that's where this initial committee would address so uh, I'm just a little confused about it. it the, are there these meetings that already exist that we're sending someone to, or are we just having somebody kind of in ready in case there's a meeting? Well, yes. Yes, both. <laughs> so, uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, there's been a whole series of meetings. Um, um, Trustee Iverson is, has been to some. I've been to some. Bob Parker. A lot, of the, a lot of the staff here have attended meetings. We've had several presentations here, and some of you are seeing this in the community. So I, our thought process was to get to get out in front of this, to get the board more involved so it's not just hearing about it. So if and when there's an invite from, say, the the um, Affordable Housing Coalition that's forming and there's a, there's a meeting coming up, then we would inform this board member or board members to, to go to that, um, to represent the board's interest to hear, you know, at least to, to be a voice. And, um, I, you know, we'll see where it goes, but I'm, I'm anticipating that, that at least for this um, spring semester, it, it's probably more ad hoc. I think it could, I think your point is well taken. It could go to a standing committee because we, we we're going to have land issues for years, but I don't think we're quite ready yet. Yeah. yeah. I think it would add a great benefit to all of us, and I think uh, Trustee Baldini would be great to be our representative. Mm -hmm. So I would support having Baldini on that committee as well. Let's get through the first part of the. Well, we had a first we and second. A motion yet or? The ad hoc committee. Do we have 
Uh, discussion? Can we do a verbal vote if you're ready? Yes. Do we have to call it a committee? I mean, that's, it just feels kind of weird. I mean, it's more like a point person rep thing. Well, there's going to be at least two yeah, of us that are going to participate. Right. Are you going to commit com- committee together? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Separately from whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we can call the vote. Can we do that verbally? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, all in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Aye. None. And second, Bart, I would uh, move to appoint Michael to that committee. Second. Discussion? No. All in favor of appointing Michael to the ad hoc committee? Aye. 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 Those opposed? Do you need someone to appoint you? Or, okay, I'll move that. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Thank you. And. So you want to round out those committees now that you've appointed them? Well, if there is interest from others who have not been appointed, um, if you could please speak up, and we could do that now. Um, now then we can. I would like to find out the committee that I've been appointed to. Who else is on that committee? No one at the moment. It's a committee Just of one. Okay. Right now, it's a committee I, I know. of one. So I agree with myself. <laughs> Well, you'll be meeting with, yeah, I'll the, be, uh, I, I mean, faculty. I have very long meetings I have. <laughs> um, you'll actually be a member of an existing district committee. Okay. Um, that's an appointment, not necessarily a board committee. And I'm Correct. sorry if that's not clear. Mr. Chair, I would like to join Mary Ann, Trustee Mancuso, on the legislative committee. And you are also appointed to that committee. Thank you. But Marianne is in charge. <laughs> wow. Kelsey, are you wanting to continue on it? Great. You are also reappointed. I'm interested in being on the legislative committee as well. You, you are appointed. That's that a third, committee? right? No, there's two. It'll be three now. Oh, three with. So you've got Iverson and Cuso. Yes, and that one's closed. Um, that's actually already a standing committee. Yeah. So you can have so seven. Right. You can have them all. Yeah. Oh, Aren't so eight? that's already has to be noticed. So. So, Martinson, Martinson. Yeah. I would be interested in participating in your the ad hoc committee. The land. Yeah. You are also appointed to that. Anybody else? Do you, do you have more space on the audit one? Yeah, I'm by myself. Yes. I'd like some board members, I would, I please. Would, I would be interested in that. Jennifer, you're, you're on the audit committee also. That was from before. Yes. We've got three. Okay. So Baker, Mancuso, and Martinson. Martinson. Okay. Complete turn. McPherson is done. Yes. I think that's it, right? Any Kelsey? Is it possible for a student trustee to sit on the McPherson Distinguished Teaching Awards Selection Committee? I would have to ask. 
they do have a student rep. I certainly think so. I, I think that's completely appropriate. Well, it's a, it's a district committee, and their membership is set by others, and there are student representatives, I believe. Or there's, one stu- there's been one student rep each time. Yeah. Are we limited to one, do you know? I believe so. We are? Okay, so do they already have a way of selecting their student rep for that committee? The ASNVC would be would be the the body that would appoint the person or select the student rep. How about as a student? We'll check. So, so your interest is noted. We'll follow through and connect with you if there's a way to do that. Thank you so much. And I think that concludes the committee appointments. Yeah. Uh, trustee and board chair reports. No, Michael, you're not going first. We're going to start with Jennifer. Okay. Um, Well, uh, despite the holidays, it was a a fun uh, and busy month. Uh, I got to go to uh, the police academy uh, graduation and the vocational nurse graduation. Had an all-day training today, orientation, which was a good overview and good place to start. Uh, Really, honestly, I thought very cool and very good uh, presentation from Mr. Arnold on emergency preparedness. I'm Extremely impressed to have a, a, a good guy there. And um, looking forward to the conference in Sacramento. Um, wanted to, I sent an email out to everyone, but I just wanted to, if you missed it, invite everyone to uh, an event next Friday. It's January 20th. It is the big event. Um, we couldn't, we kept calling it that while we were planning it and just decided that that was what it would be called. So it's the big event and it is a, and the Napa Valley Unified School District, um, in partnership with the Napa Valley Education Foundation and it's a luncheon, uh, Friday at Silverado, uh, resort at starting at 1130. Tickets are $50. It would be fantastic if we could fill up a table from NVC and, um, I had a couple of questions for about financial documents, but maybe I could just meet with you. Okay. Fantastic. That's it. Thank you. Rosaura? Well, I was also uh, very happy to, to have attended the, this, um, the Police Academy graduation, vocational nursing, and the psych technicians. Um, it was really something to see, and especially nursing Mm-hmm. Um, so, I wish there were more graduates, but that's another agenda item. Uh, I am looking forward to um, the conference in Sacramento as well. Thank you. Amy, let's continue on. Um, yeah, so the first part of my report um, has to do, it's kind of a carryover from last month. It's a request for information um, at our meeting last month uh, on December 8th. I requested four things, and I, I did get the, um, and the whole board got the CCLC templates, uh, model templates for board policy, so thank you to Carolee for that. Um, 
up until today, that's all we we had received. But today we did get the president's contract, a hard copy of it. So I thank you. Um, I think it'd be nice to have that put online. Um, actually, it probably should have been put online right after it was approved by the board. Um, so I think it would be great if it was online um, so it's easily accessible. Um, and then, but I still, we still haven't received the recommendations from the par parliamentarian, so I'm still requesting that. Um, I think it was great that we had him here observing us for two meetings, so I would really like to hear um, his observations and his recommendations to the board. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the board directed some time ago the rewrite of our attorney's opinion regarding closed session and the Brown Act, and uh, that was directed by the board, so um, I think the board should be provided with that document. Um, and then a new request for information. I, I went back from the last meeting. Um, I wanted to read more about the CTE Data Unlocked Grant, um, and I noticed that the main document that actually described the scope of work uh, was missing. Um, it's called Exhibit A, and so I'm requesting that so I can learn more about the CTE Data Unlocked Grant. Uh, so that's information. Brief announcements. I actually did get two communications from community members. Um, uh, one of them was a student, uh, and basically her comment was that there's not uh, she there's not a place really to fill up a water bottle on campus. Um, you, I guess you can from the the regular drinking faucet, but her comment was that it would be nice to have maybe two refilling stations on campus. Um, similar to what you have in fitness centers uh, where you could refill your water bottles with filtered water. And I actually thought that was a really good idea. Um, students that are here all day or employees um, would probably really like to have uh, access to a refilling station with filtered water. I don't know if I can throw a comment out because it's a trustee report, but ASMVC, one of our, our envir environmental sustainability senator, will be working on installing at least two this, hopefully by the end of this year, we're just trying to secure the funding from somewhere because our budget's a little tight now. But um, awesome. I'd say look look for them before June, so they'll be out there. That'd be great. Yeah, it's great for for to promote drinking clean water, but also for like you said, sustainability. So that's awesome. Great. I'll let her know. Um, Sounds like Amy make a donation, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually looked online how much they were. they're like a thousand dollars each, so two thousand. I mean, considering you know, I mean, it's some money, but. Seems pretty feasible. We're looking at grants. We um, just got money. Actually, we can't use the grant money we just got for that. So yeah. we're looking around. Okay. I'll appreciate it because, yeah, I think our, our board will appreciate it too so we can fill up our, our water bottles. So thank you. Um, and then the second one had to do with the, the personnel document that we approved tonight um, and a concern that there are um, about the 10 part-time production assistants that are hired for the spring semester. Um, each one's part-time, and um, each one's about $10,000 for a total of about $100,000. And the comment was that in the past there's been a production theater production class that's been offered. Um, and I guess it was offered for many, many years, and it hasn't been offered recently. And so the comment was that, one, it would save the district money if the class was offered where the students were uh, doing the production themselves, but it would also just be a great opportunity another you know career technical opportunity for students to to learn about theater production um, so that was the comment was you know a concern that or a desire to have this t uh, production class brought back um, and there was a specific mention about um, recently the board hired uh, 
a technical director, Matthew Cromwell. And so um, there was a question as to why he's not teaching a production class. Um, so anyway, you know, we've invested a lot of money in the theater, so that would be a way to maximize um, its use for students, to, to have these theater productions be completely student-driven from both the production um, to the acting, uh, both. Um, and it would increase FTS as well. So, um, and she was talking about uh, using staff, which would be great, but um, we've also Mr. talked Jay, about a kind of... I hate to interrupt during a trustee report. I'm just yes, curious, please, if, please, are we reporting chair. or are we... <laughs> I have the floor, complaint. Chair. And I'm, I this is my, my announcement. She received. Yes. So that was from the person, and then my but idea. have happened at um, when we were. Point of order. I have the floor. I'm doing my report. I don't interrupt other people, and I'm being interrupted. Sorry, I can't, you can't speak at the same time because I can't understand what you, either one of you are saying. So if we could please, yes, I, I understood her to be reporting on what she received. Marianne, I did not hear your, your comment because I was trying to listen to both of you. May I? Yes. So I believe that what we're hearing is that someone questioned um, the hire of Matthew Cromwell, and wouldn't that have been, they should have been at a meeting, it's a public document, and they should have spoken up at that meeting. Isn't it now kind of irrelevant to be talking about this? I mean... Well, it's true, but but it's actually just her report. Actually, they're not questioning it. the hiring. They're saying that as technical director, he can teach classes. He's currently actually teaching a music class. They're asking if you could continue if with your. They report. recommended that he teach a production class and that that class be brought back. That that was the comment. Um, and then a caveat to that was that we recently received a long presentation about apprenticeship programs. Um, we actually do. There is an, a, a trade union that does theater, uh, theater, theatrical production, so that would be another way to engage students and to bring another t uh, career tech opportunity to our campus through an apprenticeship partnership with that union. So that's that's the comment about that. Lastly, a gender request. Um, I'm requesting... Uh, and I think this has to be agendized, but in the future I'd like to um, bring forward to the board um, a proposal to have a special committee to look at our agenda policy. Uh, currently, if you look at the policy, it's clearly laid out how a community member can get an item on our agenda, but there's no path for any board member besides the board chair to get an agenda item on the agenda. Um, and I think that's a gap. So basically, it's, it's a community member can get an item on, but there's no avenue for a board member to get an item on the agenda. So I think we need to look at that board policy. Didn't we talk about adding a future, or I said, wasn't we because I wasn't on the board yet, but I know that previously wasn't there some discussion about adding a future agenda items item? I just... Uh, continue with uh, the reports and um, so it's been brought up but it, it's not been resolved so I would like a special committee to look at the agenda policy I would um, on that point dr. Kraft I think I actually saw something about that maybe we can like look into in the Brown Act about agenda sure. items in board reports actually it may be pertinent we have a schedule for our February meeting um, Laura Shulkin Who's going to do a you know board workshop? So this may be something that we could address, have her address in terms of agendizing and some other things. Inclusion. That would be great if we okay. could do that. So we can just get it real time then. Yeah. Thank you, Kelsey. 
Um, just a few things in regards to our meeting this evening. Um, Trustee Iverson, I just want to wish you the best of luck as our district's nominee to the CCCT board. I think that's really exciting, and I hope you have a position there for the next three years. I believe three years. Um, and also, as far as the curriculum that we approved, it's really exciting to see an associates in science and physics for transfer on that. Very cool. Uh, and then I, I also think as far as the ad hoc committee that was started, it's very smart, very much looking forward, and I think it's going to be just a good move to have a, a voice for MVC in the in the community, and I think that that's good move. Um, and one other thing this evening, but uh, here on campus I'm involved with uh, a lot with the Honor Society, and, um, you know, this past semester we've been doing a lot of research on um, kind of interesting on engineering methods that are used in our, our own local area um, that are specifically to help sustain a natural environment. Kind of interesting. We've, we've really enjoyed looking into it and researching it. And tomorrow, um, some of the Honor Society students from the college were going on a field trip to the Napa Recycling and Waste uh, facility, um, and, and they boast that 60% of, of what they bring in doesn't go into the landfill, but is recycled. So we're going to go see how they do it. So we're excited to do that. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Mary Ann? So I completely missed all of the graduations, which I was really disappointed because I love the graduations and I was sick. As you can see, I'm much better than I was the last time you saw me. Um, Jeff made a comment when he saw me that I didn't look dead anymore. Um, and uh, and so, uh, really, it just brings me up to today because uh, I really didn't accomplish much between our last meeting and this meeting. But today, we had our quarterly uh, other hat uh Workforce Alliance of the North Bay, which is now going to be called the North Bay Workforce Alliance. And our tagline is driving workforce talent. So a lot got done at that meeting today. And um, and I just wanted to bring up uh, one other point, and that is that Mendocino uh, we are working on a joint powers agreement that they will also be coming on board with our regional uh, workforce development board. So, and the reason that that all makes sense is because Lake County and Mendocino County share a lot in jobs, in uh, community college work, and uh, it's really important that they have an alliance because of just geographic location, it's very difficult for Lake to uh, collaborate with us as much as it is, or much easier for them to collaborate with uh, Mendocino. So it's it's great stuff, and I know that uh, Bruce Wilson is going to be working closely with Diana Chabody, and um, and I know that there was an event. Bruce was going to send me an email with a little bit more information. Did you go to it, Eric? where there was someone from hospitality, there were people from hospitality as well as uh, health care, and it was a great event. CEOs from various health care organizations were there, people from hospitality were there, 
Um, he mentioned that there were people there from the college. It's it was just Diana. Okay, it sounded like multiples. So um, so anyway, it's really this incredible collaboration uh, that's happening, and I think that we're going to benefit with the NVC hat on that we're definitely going to be benefiting from this regional consortium uh, that is going to be really driving and determining where we need to uh, put training dollars. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Several things. Uh, Kelsey, uh, wonderful tour at Nap Napa Recycle. I took it last month. Make sure you're wearing... Clothes that you don't mind throwing away or washing thoroughly. Boots, boots and goggles and probably nose plug. Uh, but it's a, it's a wonderful tour, and they do a good job given their resources there for surrounding area as well. Uh, the the uh, community member mentioned to me about the Yontville Elementary School. Why don't we do something up there, either cooking school related or something, but I don't know if that's still available, but they mentioned that. There's room in Yachtville, and uh, they're looking for ideas, so why not? Um, another community member mentioned the, the missing ceramic studio or access to it, of course, with Menlo, and we've been there, done that, uh, but I, I must pass it on. The um, um, Let's see, the uh, shared value statement in front of us, for many of you that are new to the board, you might take a look at it. Maybe all members should take a look at it, and maybe we could have it sent out to us again uh, to review at our, our uh, leisure. Uh, but take a look at it. Uh, the um, uh, Today we had a, a, a pre-board workshop and a view of the, uh, view of the gym and the uh, the flooded athletic fields, and this is for the, the public that wasn't there to view it, or the rest of you, um, all, all underwater, all unusable. It would be nice to have a, a report perhaps uh, with uh, the facilities to, to, to see how it affected our program as well as a follow-up from uh, uh, Dr. Kraft. Or, and... Um, and I noticed while we were looking at the flooded athletic fields, there was a person jogging on the the uh, flood protection levee out there. And we're, there's water between us and the river and probably more water on our side than the other side. Uh, the um, We didn't get to see the locker rooms. Uh, I understand they're in, in great need. And I also noticed the, uh, uh, the critter traps here and there, but certainly we could do something better, I would think, on the uh, – uh, with the nesting season over, about the birds and the droppings and everything else down there like that. But that's just a just an observation. Um, let's see. I while we were leaving, I spoke to one of the students. Uh, he was correction officers uh, enrollee. Asked him when his graduation was. It was February tenth. He didn't give me a time, so it'd be nice to have that. I was able to make the other graduations last month, and it's one of my favorite activities. Uh, Amy, I, I challenge you. You're talking about water. Match my one hundred dollars, and maybe we get some other board members to contribute, and we have seven hundred dollars or more uh, for something like that to, to throw towards. Uh, I'll take your challenge. All right. We got that recorded, didn't we? Yeah, everybody? Okay, good. 
Gosh, wait till payday, though, now. So. And uh, let's see. Thank you very much. I'm also a member of the Napa Valley Transportation Authority, um, and we listen to projects about the uh, Metropolitan Transportation Commission, and apparently they've given us, given Napa County is $6.5 million, and one of them was safe passage to school, and I'm thinking about maybe an overhead for the bus system or something like that over Highway 221 um, might save some students' time. This is in conjunction with express buses and things like that. So um, I understand the uh, the project deadline may be closed, but it uh, be nice to explore that a little bit. Um, and uh, look forward to my appointment. Thank you very much for that. And Raphael, I, I was thinking he's so chivalrous. He is just a wonderful gentleman. But I, I also noticed that for the first time in my brief career here at Napa College, I noticed the women outnumber the men on the board. So congratulations to all, all the women. Um, so it. Uh, oh, that's the. Uh, <laughs> The ladies first. Um, uh, it was uh, our new hire on, on Claudette uh, Shadow, I believe. Would she be eligible for the VWT? She seems to have some experience in that on that committee. I know there is some faculty members, and I know that's usually programmed. But, um, um, no, and they have to be um, within that program. Faculty in, in the program. Yeah. Maybe just a yeah. – If she, she was part-time in any one of those, she could be uh, is, yeah, was it some some pretty good credentials on uh, just in reading her bio or brief bio, and um, again, thank you. Appreciate the time. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. I'm looking forward to working with everybody here on the board and the college. This is our community. This is our community college, and we all want to do what's best. So. I'm looking forward to supporting everybody on this board on their own projects that they'd like to see come into fruition, uh, taking the tour of the sports facilities today. There's a, a huge need there. Um, we all hear from constituents, and I'm just looking forward to a great year. Uh, thank you for your support and the nomination to the CCCT board. Um, also, I wanted to talk about mental health. May is Mental Health Awareness, and I actually received an email from a constituent today that has uh, booked the Little Theater for May 6th to coincide with May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, this uh, individual is part of the Leadership Napa Valley and their project is, uh, it's called This Is My Brave, and it's a play that's been discussed by Oprah and also in the Washington Post, but it's very interesting, and I'll keep you guys all up to speed on that, but it's exciting to see the community coming in and using the college facilities. It's really exciting. So that's it. Thank you. So I don't think I missed anybody. So I attended a number of events. Uh, the holidays were busy. Went to the graduations, the police academy, the vocational nurse pinning, the uh, Napa Valley College and Napa 
Valley College Foundation Holiday Mixer. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something in there, uh, but yeah, um, so that that's always fun to go and, and meet more of the people that are involved with the foundation and the supporters of the uh, the college and scholarships. So uh, I enjoyed that uh, and. Looking forward to the CCTLC seminar that I think most of us are attending in Sacramento at the end of the the month. Uh, I think it's always good to go in and have some continuing education to help us uh, do our job here, meet our obligations, and remind us uh, sometimes of why we're here and who we're here for and I look forward to working with all of you uh, productively for the benefit of our our students and and the district this year. So with that, I would would like to ask Dr. Kraft, Carol Lee, I'm wondering if we could get a resolution to honor our immediate past uh, chair, Mr. Baldini, for his service. been so involved in everything, and certainly uh, his service on as chair uh, was invaluable. And I'm hoping that we can get him a plaque, if you've seen these, that actually have a gavel. But make sure that the gavel is, is permanently attached. Glue it down, right? I don't want him to be able to take it off and bring it in here. Okay? If we could do that, I, I think that would be a wonderful recognition. And with that, that's hey, can the, I trust you? What's that? What? Will you just talk and talk and talk? Can I do that? Uh, no, a filibuster, maybe. No. <laughs> just so he doesn't adjourn the meeting before eight p.m. or something like that. <laughs> so that's the uh, end of my my report. And so we go to fifteen. I don't think we have anything from closed session. We need to continue back or go back to to uh, sixteen. Future meetings, our next meeting, is it the ninth, or do we have to correct that? <laughs> okay, there. And, that, and, and I will reiterate that, that the board workshop for that evening is um, Laura Shulkand on board matters generally, and we'll figure out specifics. So if you have ideas that you would like to have her cover, please, um, you know, drop me a line, and um, we'll, we'll help. Um, what what time you. will that start? Um, I think it's it's a two-hour block, so it will probably begin at the regular time, which is, right? Which is, a, what is it? Well, pre-board starts at 4? Four. 4. So, so I it'll think probably four be 4 to, to six. 6, and then the, 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 the regular meeting will start at 6. So it'll be a little a little odd, you know, for that one time. No, no, it'll, be, it'll just be a little bit later, oh. right? Mm-hmm. So the, the pre-board workshop will be longer. We'll feed you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And there being nothing further, meeting is adjourned. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've taught you well. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs>